you could ask God just one question that you knew would be answered, what would you ask him? My question would be this, God, why does it snow on Sundays? I'm sort of kidding, but really sort of serious as well. I know every pastor that I know would like God to answer that question. Why does it have to snow on Sundays? I'd be fine if it snowed on Monday or Tuesday or Thursday or Friday, but why does it have to snow on Sundays? Well, we all have questions for God, don't we? We all have questions that we really don't have answers for. Questions that we wrestle with. Questions sometimes that are more than we can deal with. That's what I want to talk to you about today. There's some very real, very raw questions that you see in the Word of God. And when you look in the Bible, there are people in the Bible who ask God some of these pretty blunt and pretty direct questions. Perhaps the most disturbing question of all that you see in the Bible may be the one that David asked. And it's in Psalm 13. If you have your Bibles there handy wherever you're watching, would you open God's Word or turn it on and find Psalm 13? David didn't just ask this one raw, real, disturbing question of God once. But in fact, David asked this question four times as he prayed to God. And here's the question that David had on his heart one day as he struggled with his faith. See if you can find the question. You'll hear it four times. David says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Psalm 13 is what biblical scholars called an individual lament. The psalms of lament are those psalms or songs or poems where the the psalmist is crying out in deep distress. The psalmist is writing about sorrows and deep despair. And and these psalms of lament are an invitation for God to intervene. To deliver them from suffering or personal loss or pain or their enemies. Uh, The psalms of lament really can be divided into two broad categories. Uh, There are the individual laments and then there's the corporate laments. The community laments. In this psalm, David is... Individually, by himself, privately, lamenting to God. In this psalm, he's crying out to God in frustration and maybe even in anger. This is David pouring out his heart to God in frustration and David repeatedly questioning, how long? And the repetition of that question shows the depth of his anguish. It helps us feel what he feels. Now, what was the background? Behind this question. What was the reason that David asked this question of the Lord? Not just once. Not just twice. Not just three times. But four times. He asked God. How long is this going to keep going on? So what was the background behind that? You might find it interesting. Especially if you're going through a similar problem. That the NIV study Bible. In a study note there says. That this is an anguished complaint concerning a prolonged serious illness that David was writing about, how long am I going to be sick? How long is it going to be before I get better? How long do I have to continue to live in this pain? How long do I have to keep dealing with this problem? Have you ever asked God, how long? How long do we have to go through this, God? How long do I have to keep suffering? How long before she gets better? 
how long do I have to wait for a job? Or how about this one? How long is COVID going to last? How long are you going to ignore me? How long is this nightmare going to be? How long, God? You've had those kind of questions, those kind of thoughts. You're not alone. David in Psalm 13 laments. He gives voice to the feelings that we've all had. Look at the text again with me. Let's read those four verses again. Now that we better understand that perhaps this came out of a time when he was physically ill, a serious illness that continued to drag on. David says, how long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. I have to be honest, you're probably not going to hear many people at at church pray a prayer like that one. I mean, we may think those kind of things, but we probably are not going to pray those kind of words out loud. Too often, we pray politely, right? We put a smile on our face when we're at church and we try to pray and pretend like we have faith and pray and pretend like everything is going okay, but that's not David. David's pouring out his heart to God and and this was not a polite prayer. David is wondering out loud, God, are you even there? God, do you see what's happening? God, do you know what my family is going through? Now, an interesting thing that I saw as I studied this, I had not noticed this before, is the superscript, or that, that notation right above Psalm 13. It's, in my Bible, it's between the, the words Psalm 13 and the text. There's this superscript. It says, for the director of music, a Psalm of David. I'd never really paid attention to that little superscript for the director of music. And I started looking at that and realized as I did some study that this was probably a liturgical notation indicating that this psalm was to be recited or sung in a worship service. In other words, this was not just David privately lamenting, though it was that, but that private lament became a song or a poem or a prayer that they used in corporate worship. David is reminding us what it feels like when it feels like God has forgotten us. And that was such a common experience, they so identified with what David wrote that they actually used it in a corporate worship service. Because that's an experience of a lot of people. The feeling that God has forgotten. The feeling that God perhaps is not there wondering how long it's going to be before things get better. I don't know if you've ever been put on hold as you've called somebody. That happened to me recently. I I called someone. They said, hey, let me put you on hold. I'll be right back with you. And they put me on hold, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited. And and I'm not a very uh, patient person, and I was very tempted to hang up. More than once I was tempted to hang up, and I kept wondering, Do they remember that I'm here? Do they know that I'm on the other line? Do they realize that I'm still waiting? Now, thankfully, they did eventually come back and pick up the phone, and we resumed the conversation. But it reminded me that it's so easy to feel like you've been forgotten when you're waiting. We can have those same feelings during the season of waiting on God. But I love how verse 5 
turns everything. David says in verse 5, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. This is the turning point in the psalm, isn't it? Regardless of the situation and how it appears, David has made a decision. Regardless of what he's going through, regardless of his physical condition, David has made a decision. He will trust in God's steadfastness. He will trust in God's never-ending love. He will trust in the unconditional love of God. David made a decision. And now we see why this psalm was used in public worship, don't we? Because yes, it gives voice to the lament. It gives voice to the questions of how long. But it also gives voice to faith. It also gives voice to, to that decision of deciding. I'm going to turn to the Lord and trust in His unfailing love. It speaks about the hope that every person can have when they see no reason really to have hope. That's why it's a corporate worship song or poem. Although you may have very good reasons to be afraid, you may have very good reasons to be frustrated, you may have very good reasons to be angry right now because of what you or your family is going through. There is an even better reason for you to be confident. And here it is. But I will trust in your unfailing love. But I will trust in your unfailing love. I'm not going to deny what I'm going through. I'm not going to to deny how hard it is. I'm not going to pretend like everything's okay. Because four times, David, how long, how long, how long, how long? But he makes a decision. And the decision is, but I'm still going to believe that there's never going to be, be a day when God doesn't love me. And I'm going to trust in His unfailing love. So how do you and I cope with the messes and the stresses of life? What do we do? How do we work through this when we have to cope with the messes and the stresses of life? Well, I hope that you'll remember Psalm 13. In fact, I want to give you a little way to remember Psalm 13 and what this psalm is all about. You know, they say that 13 is an unlucky number. I I don't know if I believe all of that or not, but they say 13 is an unlucky number. So I want you to remember Psalm 13, that this is the psalm when it seems like you can't get a break. This is the psalm you turn to, Psalm 13, when it just seems like everything is just going south and you just can't get a break. It's it's an unlucky day. It's an unlucky month. It's an unlucky, uh, unlucky year for you. And you just can't get a break. Psalm 13 is how you handle the messes and the stresses of life. Use this psalm as an outline to pour your heart out to God. So let me give you four things. Just walk through the text with me. Let me give you these four ways that you and I can handle these times of trial, these times of testing. Number one, verbalize your frustration. That might sound unusual for a preacher to say, but it's right there in the text. That's exactly what David did in the first two verses. He literally verbalized his frustration. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? David was simply giving voice to his frustration. You know, some of the Psalms were written during times when it seemed like the wind was always at his back and the favor of God was always on him. There's a lot of Psalms where David wrote like that, where it just seemed like everything was going great in life. But at other times, it seems like every wind that blew was blowing a storm into his life. At other times, David wrote psalms when 
He was going through things where life had a bitter taste. And that's where David is in Psalm 13. Life has a bitter taste. And I really believe that's probably where some of you are today. Your life has a bitter taste. And it has for a while. And what do you do about that? I want you to understand, David did not mindlessly write songs of praise that ignored the issues. David was God honest. And David just voiced and verbalized his frustration to God. You need to be God honest too. You need to verbalize your frustrations to God. Then the second step is this. Make your case for God to answer. It's exactly what David did in verses 3 and 4. Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. David was simply saying, God, if you don't answer my prayer, if you don't heal me, then my enemies are going to gloat over me because they'll think that they've won. And so David in in this prayer time was giving God reasons to answer his prayer. In addition to voicing his frustration, David was also making a case for God to answer. Can I say to you that reality sometimes can be brutal, can't it? Looking at your life and your situation, reality sometimes can be brutal. And in the midst of reality, not only do you voice your frustrations, but you begin to give God reasons to answer your prayer. And during that time, cling to Hebrews 4.16. I want to read that to you from the New Living Translation. Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there to receive His mercy and to find grace to help us in our times of need. I love that translation of that particular verse. Let us come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there. Stay there. Because when you go to the throne of God and you stay there, you receive His mercy. And you find help in your time of need. To voice your frustrations to God, but then go to the throne of grace. Stay there. Give God reasons to answer your prayer because you are turning to Him. Step number three is this. Declare your trust in God. In verse 5. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. But I trust in your unfailing love. There are times when you just have to declare that you're going to believe God. There are times when you may not feel it, but you've got to declare it. I'm going to trust God. That's what David is doing here. But I trust in your unfailing love. He's making the statement. He's declaring his trust in God. You see, this is not the time for a bumper sticker faith. This is not the time for a t-shirt faith. This is the kind of time that I'm talking about where you're, you're walking through real life and trying to declare real faith. You're trying to, to deal with what you're facing and You're talking about real faith as it works itself out in your very real life. What are you going to go through? What you're going through is not a sign that God's forgotten you. What you're going through is not a sign that God's walked away 
What you're going through is a reminder of how much you need God. And there's never a day that he has forgotten you. There's never a day he has walked away from you. Never a day that he has, he has turned his back on you. David said, but I'm going to trust in your unfailing love. Spurgeon put it beautifully when he said, when you cannot trace his hand, you can always trust his heart. Here's step number four. Choose an attitude of praise. Sometimes you have to choose the attitude that is contrary to the way you feel, don't you? Let me say that again. Sometimes you have to choose the attitude that is contrary to the way that you feel. David said, I will sing to the Lord, for He has been good to me. Now that's not what he said in the first four verses, is it? In the first four verses, he wasn't talking about how good God was. How good God had been to him. In the first four verses, David was complaining to God and voicing his anger and his frustration with God. But now, at the end of the psalm, after he's made this decision in verse 5, but I will trust in your unfailing love, David says in verse 6, I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. And I say to you, it's easy to worship God in times of blessing, but it's much harder to worship God in times of brokenness. But when you worship God in times of brokenness, that's when the worship seems to be more real. Someone said it this way, wilderness worship is the deepest worship of all. You know, it's a wonderful thing when your sorrow changes to singing. It's a wonderful thing when your pain gets lost in your praise. That's David. As we come to the end of Psalm 13, David said, I will sing to the Lord, for He has been good to me. I think God has led me to preach this message to you today to remind you that when all seems lost, God can still be found. When all hope seems lost, God can still be found. When, when it just seems like that this is never going to get any better and your faith is shaky and you're wondering about what tomorrow brings. David said, here's what, the way I'm going to handle this. I'm going to choose an attitude of praise. And when you choose the attitude of praise, it really is the difference between living in frustration and living in faith. A wonderful way to end the, the message and a wonderful way to end the text. David simply says, I will sing to the Lord for He has been good to me. Maybe you need to find a song today. Go to Spotify or however you listen to music. Find one of those songs where you can just praise the Lord. Because He's been good to you. You may not feel it right now. You may still have that frustration. You may still have that anger. But find a song that you can sing to the Lord. And choose an attitude of praise today. Don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. But choose an attitude of praise today. And sing the song of praise to the Lord. Then tomorrow when you begin to worry and you get anxious and you get angry. Choose another song to sing to the Lord. Sing your way out of your sorrow. Praise your way out of your problems.
And I will trust in His unfailing love. Let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm grateful for Your Word and the hope and the help that is found there. I pray for these dear people watching online. God, I just pray that You would bring comfort into their life, hope into their homes as they decide, but I will trust in God's unfailing love. And as they change their attitude to that of praise, I pray that that you would indeed draw very close to them. Wrap your arms of love around them today and give them hope. And I pray that in Jesus' name.